Good morning, this is 5 at 8. Today's Thursday, September 28th, 2023, and here is the day's top news. Your hosts are Linda Carlisle and Mark Overman. In this episode, we'll talk about the latest news stories of the day. Republican presidential candidates prepare for the second debate without frontrunner Donald Trump. Concerns over a possible government shutdown. The release of an American soldier from North Korea. El Paso's struggle with migrant arrivals. Court proceedings against Senator Robert Menendez. Potential impeachment charges against President Biden. Warming ties between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Rising oil prices. Wes Anderson's adaptation of Roald Dahl's The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. OpenAI's ChatGPT's new capabilities. Lucid Group's new manufacturing plant in Saudi Arabia. Ukraine's strikes against Russian-occupied Crimea, and the increasing normalization of relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Stay tuned for all the details. Story number one. In the latest news, seven Republican presidential candidates are set to participate in the party's second debate, as reported by The New York Times. However, the absence of frontrunner Donald Trump, who is opting to hold a speech at an auto parts factory in Detroit, has shifted the focus to the race for second place. Trump's lead in the polls is unprecedented, but his legal troubles could potentially affect his campaign. Meanwhile, there is concern over a possible government shutdown, with Wall Street economists and the Biden administration predicting that a brief shutdown would have minimal impact on the economy, but a prolonged one could have negative consequences. In other news, an American soldier, PVT Travis King, has been released from imprisonment in North Korea and is now in U.S. custody, according to the New York Times. El Paso is struggling to cope with a surge of migrant arrivals, and the city is seeking aid from the Biden administration. Other notable news includes court proceedings against Senator Robert Menendez, potential impeachment charges against President Biden, warming ties between Israel and Saudi Arabia, and the expectation of rising oil prices. Finally, Wes Anderson has adapted Roald Dahl's The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar into a short film, as stated by the New York Times, and OpenAI's chatbot, ChatGPT, is now able to see, hear, and speak. Las Vegas is also undergoing a reinvention with new attractions such as The Sphere, a high-tech amphitheater. Could you believe this, Linda? Trump skipping the debate and heading for Detroit instead? It seems he's betting big on the blue-collar vote this time around. It's an interesting move, Mark definitely a strategic one. He's trying to align himself with the working class, despite his billionaire status, which is quite a contrast to the image he's been building for years. This move, though, it's being overshadowed by his legal woes. And let's not kid ourselves, a criminal trial in the middle of the Republican primary season? That's some serious turbulence. The allegations of fraud could undermine his self-promoted narrative of being a master of the business world. But let's shift gears. We're also looking at the possibility of a government shutdown. What's your take on that? Well, Linda, it's a high-stakes game of chicken in Congress. This isn't a new dance for us, but it's always a concerning one. Wall Street seems to think a short shutdown won't slow the economy. But a prolonged one? That's a whole different story. A prolonged shutdown could dampen consumer mood, possibly even affecting Biden's re-election prospects. It's a delicate balancing act. On a different note, let's touch on PVD Travis King's release from North Korea. Any thoughts? Ah, a bit of good news amidst the chaos, Linda. It's a relief to see PVT. King released after 70 days of imprisonment. It goes to show diplomacy can work wonders. Even though it was indirect, 
the negotiations led to his release, without any concessions being made. That's true, Mark. It's a testament to the power of diplomacy. Speaking of which, the situation at the U.S.-Mexico border is another area where diplomatic strategies are desperately needed. The influx of migrants, mainly from Venezuela, is putting a strain on border cities. You're spot on, Linda. El Paso is feeling the strain, and they're asking for aid from the Biden administration. It's not an easy situation to navigate, that's for sure. Also, it's interesting to see how technology is evolving. Like with OpenAI's chatbot now being able to see and talk. It's fascinating, Mark. The pace at which technology is advancing is truly astounding. But, as with any advancement, it's crucial to consider its potential impacts on society, especially in terms of privacy and security. Well, it seems we have a lot to keep an eye on in the days ahead. Story number two. In a report from the BBC, scientists have made a significant discovery about antimatter, a substance that was abundant during the early stages of the universe. Antimatter is the opposite of matter and was created in equal amounts during the Big Bang. While matter is widespread, antimatter is difficult to find. The latest study has found that antimatter responds to gravity in the same way as matter, which challenges previous assumptions about physics. This discovery opens up new possibilities for experiments and theories. Understanding the differences between matter and antimatter is crucial in solving the mystery of why matter prevailed over antimatter during the creation of the universe. The researchers at CERN have confirmed that atoms of antimatter fall downwards, but further research is needed to determine if antimatter falls at the same speed as matter. Should have seen it coming, shouldn't we, Linda? These new findings on antimatter, they're shaking up the scientific community. But I gotta say, it's mind-boggling how these tiny particles, or rather antiparticles, could have such a profound impact on our understanding of the universe. It quote s dot 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 it quote s humbling in a way. The fact that we're just now confirming that antimatter, much like matter, responds to gravity by falling downwards, it's... It's a testament to the intricacies of the universe. And yet, there's so much we're yet to unravel. Right you are. And this news from CERN, it's a big deal. But you know, it really makes me think about the balance of things. Matter and antimatter, created in equal amounts. Yet here we are, in a universe dominated by matter. It's like some cosmic seesaw that tilted in our favor. Well, that's an interesting way to put it, Mark. But indeed, it's one of the great puzzles of physics. The question of why antimatter didn't, well... Annihilate all matter after the Big Bang is a question that keeps many physicists up at night. This discovery, it might not answer that question straight away, but it definitely opens up new paths for investigating the differences between matter and antimatter. Yes. The real question is, does antimatter fall at the same speed as matter? If we find even the slightest difference, it could be the key to understanding how our universe came to be. It's like we're detectives piecing together the clues of a cosmic mystery. And let's not forget the immense effort and technological prowess it takes to even conduct these experiments. At CERN, they had to create antimatter, trap it, and then drop it, all while ensuring it doesn't come into contact with matter. It quote s dot 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 it quote s an astounding feat of scientific endeavor. Couldn't agree more, Linda. It's like trying to catch a shadow, but they've done it. Hats off to the team at CERN. And here's to hoping their upcoming experiments shed more light on the dance of matter and antimatter. Story number three. 
According to Reuters, electric vehicle maker Lucid Group has opened its first international manufacturing plant in Saudi Arabia's Jeddah city. The move is part of Saudi Arabia's efforts to promote electrification. Under an agreement, the kingdom has committed to buying up to 100,000 vehicles from Lucid over the next decade. The new facility in King Abdullah Economic City will initially produce 5,000 units of the luxury electric sedan Lucid Air per year, with plans to scale up to 155,000 units annually in the future. Saudi's Sovereign Wealth Fund, which owns a majority stake in Lucid, has invested $1.8 billion in the company. Is it just me, or are we seeing a major game-changer here, Linda? Saudi Arabia, a country known for its extensive oil reserves, has now taken a major step towards reducing its reliance on oil revenues. This move by Lucid Group to set up their first international manufacturing plant in Jeddah, that too, under an agreement designed to drive Saudi's electrification ambitions, that's quite something. Indeed, Mark. It's a significant shift in the energy landscape. It's interesting to see oil-rich countries like Saudi Arabia diversifying their economies. This move underlines the fact that renewable energy sources aren't just an alternative anymore, they're becoming the mainstay. Couldn't agree more, Linda. And it's not just about diversification, but also about dominance. The EV industry is largely dominated by the US and China. So, this move by Saudi Arabia could very well be an attempt to stake its claim in this growing industry. And let's not forget, Saudi's sovereign wealth fund is the largest shareholder of Lucid. That's a pretty hefty investment. But the journey to establishing dominance in a new industry is fraught with challenges, especially in a sector as competitive as EVs. While the strategic investment in Lucid Group is a commendable step, the question remains whether they will be able to compete on a global scale with giants like Tesla and NIO. And let's not forget the environmental aspect. Transitioning to a green economy is not just about changing the source of energy, it's about sustainable practices throughout the production process. True, Linda, true. It's gonna be a long road ahead. But hey, considering that the Lucid's AMP2 facility has an initial capacity to produce 5,000 units a year and plans to scale up to 155,000 units per annum, it looks like they're gearing up for it. This could very well be the beginning of a new era for the Middle East, don't you think? It certainly could be, Mark. This move is indicative of a broader global shift towards renewable energy, and it's encouraging to see leading oil-producing nations like Saudi Arabia adapting to this change. It will be fascinating to see how this further impacts the global oil markets and contributes to environmental sustainability. Story number four. Ukraine has launched devastating strikes against Russian-occupied Crimea, killing many officers, and causing significant damage to the Black Sea Fleet's headquarters, as reported by Al Jazeera. Ukrainian troops have also broken through the first line of Russian defense on the southern front, advancing towards the cities of Tokmak and Melitopol. Ukraine employed a tactic of using drones followed by missiles to target occupied Crimea. The success of these attacks can be attributed to improved intelligence, knowledge of the terrain, and weapon systems provided by the West, as stated by Al Jazeera. President Volodymyr Zelensky's visits to Europe and the U.S. have resulted in pledges of new long-range weapons and financing. The U.S. is set to provide Ukraine with army tactical missiles, significantly boosting their capabilities. However, Ukraine's advance has been slow, risking losing global support. But some believe their deliberative approach is key to their success, according to Al Jazeera. What a dramatic turn of events in Ukraine, huh?
Their strategic moves have certainly shaken up the status quo in this ongoing conflict. It seems they've been using their knowledge of the terrain to their advantage. What's your take on this, Linda? It's a classic example of home turf advantage. Ukraine's intimate knowledge of the geography has been a critical factor. They've managed to successfully attack key Russian structures, such as the Black Sea Fleet Command Headquarters, causing significant casualties among Russian personnel. That's a game-changer right there. And it's not just their knowledge of the terrain, they've got some impressive tech backing them up, eh? They've been utilizing a blend of drone technology and precise missiles which has been highly effective. The Storm Shadow missiles provided by the UK and France have played a significant role in this. But the potential addition of the Army tactical missiles from the United States could be a real game-changer. This international support seems to have been vital for Ukraine. What impact do you think this will have on the conflict in the long run? Well, Mark, it can certainly tip the scales in Ukraine's favor. The financial aid and advanced weaponry from Western countries have significantly enhanced Ukraine's military capabilities. But it also sends a strong message to Russia and other nations about where international sentiments lie. That's a statement, all right. Do you think Russia's denial of the attack and the supposed death of Admiral Sokolov is a sign of weakness? It could be interpreted that way, Mark. On one hand, it could be a strategy to maintain morale among their troops and the public. However, with the increasing casualties and disillusionment among their soldiers, the truth is becoming harder to hide. This could potentially lead to instability within Russia. A cascading effect then. It's like a chess game with high stakes. Do you think Ukraine's careful approach to their advance, although slow, is working in their favor? I believe so, Mark. Their measured approach not only allows them to strategically plan their attacks, but also strengthens their position on the international stage. It's a delicate balance, but so far it seems to be paying off. Story number five. Israel's tourism minister visited Saudi Arabia while a Saudi envoy toured the Israeli-occupied West Bank, indicating a move towards normalizing relations between the two countries. The visits mark the warming ties between Israel and Saudi Arabia, with the Saudi ambassador's visit to the West Bank being the first known visit by a Saudi official to the region since 1967. The increasing efforts by the United States to broker a deal between Israel and Saudi Arabia along with shared fears of Iran and a desire for trade and military cooperation, have contributed to the gradual normalization of relations. The New York Times reports that the Saudis are considering recognizing Israel, and in exchange, they seek support for a civil nuclear program and military assistance from the U.S. and concessions for the Palestinians from Israel. The delicate situation is reflected in the cancellation of a visit to a holy site in Jerusalem by the Saudi envoy. Additionally, the U.S. government announced that Israelis would be allowed to enter the U.S. without a visa from November onwards. Good morning, Linda. You know, looking at this news from the Middle East, it's hard not to notice the seismic shifts happening in the traditional alliances. I mean, it's almost like watching the tectonic plates of international relations rearrange themselves. An Israeli minister visiting Saudi Arabia and a Saudi envoy touring the Israeli-occupied West Bank. Who would have thought? The fact that these visits were publicized is a clear sign that both countries are trying to normalize their relationship, which was inconceivable just a few years ago. It's a testament to how quickly geopolitical situations can change. The mutual fear of Iran and the desire for stronger trade and military ties definitely seem to be influencing this shift. Right. 
And as we've seen in the past, like with the U.S.-China normalization in the 70s, these shifts can have massive implications. If Saudi Arabia recognizes Israel, it could potentially pave the way for other Muslim-majority countries to do the same. Now that would be a game-changer in the region and beyond. Indeed, but it's not all smooth sailing. There's the question of the Palestinian statehood and the concessions Saudi Arabia might demand from Israel. Plus, there's the potential fallout from the Saudi nuclear program. Remember, any support for a Saudi nuclear program would meet resistance among some U.S. and Israeli politicians. Ah, true. And not to mention the internal politics of these nations. Any concession to the Palestinians might ruffle feathers within the Israeli governing coalition. And if Saudi Arabia normalizes ties with Israel without substantial benefit to the Palestinians, it could anger its own citizens and the wider Muslim world. Yes, and the last-minute decision by the Saudi envoy to cancel a visit to the Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem shows the sensitivity surrounding these sacred sites. It's a delicate balance between diplomacy and domestic sentiment. Absolutely. It's like walking a tightrope. But these changes are also impacting U.S. foreign policy. The visa waiver for Israelis and the eased tensions between the Biden administration and Netanyahu, these are all signs that the U.S.-Israel relationship is settling into a new normal. It will be interesting to see how this evolves, especially in the context of potential paths toward conflict resolution. These regional dynamics are complex, but the possibility of a shift towards more peaceful relations is certainly a hopeful sign. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.